your boy i'm back it's diehard Derek gordon and it is that midnight hustle you know i know i'm spoiling you guys out there because every week we have new people on we're talking about all different kinds of things but somebody who i wanted to have a couple of weeks ago who's a let me just break it down i mean you started looking at her resume she's a rock star she's a former wrestling personality she's a podcast host on vince russo's the brand she's a motivational speaker she's a mental health advocate and as of august 2nd Live on the TLC network. She was a reality TV shows TV show host. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the one and only Goldilocks. What's going on, girl? I clapped too. All I right. clapped too. Not for myself. I just do that on my podcast too. I appreciate that. And and that's a lot to say. And I appreciate you even doing your homework. That's better than my fanfare on my podcast. Half the time I have no idea. <laughs> No idea what's going on because sometimes you get guests last minute. You don't get a chance to really research them and you just look like a twat. So at least I do. You know, so it's I funny. Appreciate I, had, that. I had you booked two weeks ago when, when the show launched on on uh, on TLC. And I oh. guess there was a miscommunication. It was like supposed to be two days later. It was fresh in my mind. I'm like, shit, I gotta uh. go back and watch the show again. Um, but I'm glad we got you now. So much that I want to talk to you about. But I, first things first, calling the cheapskates, man. Yeah. Oh. I'm, I mean, here's what would piss me off. I know we spoke about this a little bit um, right before we went on the air, but August 2nd, I log in. I'm watching this show. I'm all, I mean, uh, you, you had me. I Thank normally you. don't watch this shit. I normally, Thank I'm you. TLC, what? Nah, I'm good. Then I see Dr. Pimple Popper. I'm like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Goldie's on that network? Yeah. Check this out. Isn't she cool? Like, I've been popping pop for her, like, hard. Yeah. Like, it's nuts. But she's legit, pro- though. She wants to help people out like she's a kind lady. Like, I dig her. And you want to help people out. And I, I logged in on August 2nd, the following week. I'm like, where's Goldie? I didn't see any more Goldie on TLC. What's going on? <laughs> we are waiting to find out. All I can ask is that people uh, promoted it on August 2nd, which they did. The post-show conversation was was more than I expected. And I... I guess I've been doing this for so long that shit's going to hit the fan somewhere and you never know where, but like it hit the fan with the people that I, that are the closest to me that I really thought would be there to support me. And some of them didn't even watch it. Whereas the wrestling community embraced me with completely open arms. And if it wasn't for the wrestling community, it wouldn't have seen the light of day on social media post show musician people. They don't care. They want to see you fail. Uh, they like to see you do badly. That's just how music folks are. And and then everybody else just sort of watches me. And, you know, they know it's on, They but they don't interact or do anything that could possibly support. It was hands down 99.9% the wrestling community that was there to rally for me. And I will always remember that. Always. <laughs> they were amazing. Even my dad was like reminding me, you know, those people have always been there for you. And, you know, I, I always haven't been as, as like nice to people. Like when I was in wrestling, I think a lot of the, I don't like the word fans. I never have, but even more so I don't like that word supporters. It's like, sometimes I felt like I was being bothered Mm -hmm. or like they were just being a little obtrusive when I should have just been better. I should have had my head out of my ass and been kinder and more receptive, but I was new to it all. And some of them can be very like whoosh, like a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I didn't appreciate it fully for what it was. So now when somebody has got anything good or bad to say to me, I, uh, I really appreciate that. And, and I take it for what it is. So thank you to everybody. If you are in the wrestling community, Thanks for being awesome and writing funny, very funny stuff after the show. Very, very like the lettuce bikini gimmick. Yes. People were very, very funny. And I love I like clever, witty mm-hmm. comments. That is what makes a guy hot to me is when you can think of something witty and funny and clever to say where I'm like, that's what women like, like they don't necessarily like you to always tell them how beautiful. Well, some do if they've got dad issues and are freaking insecure run for the hills and they would like compliments like that. Like I like when somebody really notices what I'm doing. I like that. What was like, like, like the best line you heard based on the feedback? Oh, just really funny stuff with the lettuce bikini. There is a post on Twitter. If you go back to eight, two, which it's, it's a ways back. And I think it's like, 
me coming out of a door in silver high heels. Mm. Look for that post. Mention hashtag Midnight Hustle or include Midnight Hustle in that. And maybe we should do, depending on how many entries we get, we'll do like a an after a post show Midnight Hustle um, giveaway which I've been doing uh, lunch every day for like weeks before the show dinners um, gave away almost $500 and just like Venmo and cash apps, which was, you know, that's decent for just yeah. a comment. So, you know what, if you go to the TLC's handle mm-hmm. on Twitter, look for the silver shoes on eight to mention midnight hustle. I'll troll through those after this show and see who can win something. I don't know what it is, but we'll figure out something good. Sounds clever good. stuff, clever <laughs> stuff about eating a salad and whatnot. It, but it was like, it yeah. rides the line, rides the line mm-hmm. and it's good. Yeah. And it's funny. Like I, I saw it. And, and the first thing I thought was like, one, I, I was waiting for the next episode. I didn't know what to expect. And then you, they start cutting the promo on you. Like, all right, well, we brought in Goldie for a reason. Goldie is like this notorious cheapskate. <laughs> and then go, like, here's a couple of examples. Goldie wears a lettuce bikini. I'm like, get the fuck. She ain't not wearing all that. Then you come out just like a Caesar salad. And I'm like, oh, oh, yes. You, you, Dudes on Twitter turn vegan immediately. They're like, yo, fuck meat. I'm going to eat that. <laughs> like, it's just. But it, that's funny. That's funny. You know, I loved, I loved that. Those are the comments that were really mm-hmm. exactly what you just said. Like, right. and because of the context, it's okay to say I'd eat that without me going, ew, or, you know what I mean? Like, I like clever, I like clever stuff. My dad didn't like the bikini lettuce thing or any of it at all. Like, he was, he yeah. just let me know he didn't like any of that. So I, I just went, okay. And I just let it go. <laughs> so I, I, I got to ask this question because I, I don't want to ruin the show. And for anybody who hasn't seen it yet right now, I believe it might have been like a pilot episode. Um, so go out there, check your on-demand services, pull it up, TLC Network, calling the cheapskates. One episode right now, so it's going to be easy to find. Yep. But again, without ruining the show, and I, and I know this because I have directed and produced some reality type stuff yeah. in the past. Uh, how much of that is actually a work? Because I do not see Goldilocks dumpster diving for food and cake. You know, a lot of it could be perceived as a work. And mm-hmm. if there's anything that I'm doing that, like, maybe I didn't harm anybody on that show, but like right. most of that stuff comes from my own personal stuff. So yes, I have dumpster dived when I was going bankrupt, when I got fired from TNA, when I got completely thrown to the curb from impact wrestling mm-hmm. and had no money, no place to live or whatever. Um, that particular thing and then the promo that you really didn't see, like when, when Kevin, the dad says, I'm not doing that. And like, they were like, what the fuck is she doing? Like I cut probably a seven minute promo about, you have no idea what it's like to really be hungry and how there's some really good food in dumpsters. Or when I was going through a really dark time, cause when I got fired, you know, I, you wear that shirt, but I, I had my record deal with uh, Prince and Paisley Park mm-hmm. and some really heavy hitters in, in Minneapolis. And um, all of a sudden I went from making like shit, $450,000 a year to zero. And I had zero saved, zero investments, just living off the, living off the hog, thought it would all be coming in forever. And then one day it was like, I got fired from wrestling. I lost my record deal. I lost my publishing money that was coming in. Like, it was so weird. It was all connected. Um, The IRS came after me for making bad business decisions that my ex was telling me what to do. I was super young and they came back years later and they're like, you know, you got to justify this or explain it. And I was no longer with him and didn't have his legal representation. So I was rude. And, Mm -hmm. um, I was too proud to like tell anybody what happened. You know, I, I, I was scared, you know, I'd been on this great show and done all this stuff and I hadn't saved anything. And so I ended up in some really, um, some really bad places with bad people, but, um, they weren't that bad. I guess society would say they're bad, but the, the drug dealers and the hookers and all Mm -hmm. the people took care of me. And, one of the things that I would do is I would wait until the night shift was just getting done and a lot of restaurants or right when they're really cleaning, yeah. dumping um, gas stations, fuel stations, when like all those donuts and big danishes mm-hmm. and when they're expired, you know, they, they dump them and I would go dig through the trash cans. And then, you know, some people started to see there's this, you know, girl who obviously, you know, isn't homeless, but like really needs it. And they would put like a layer of 
plastic on the top of the trash and then do their job by putting the stuff on top of it. So it wasn't touching the trash for me, Mm -hmm. but there's like a lesson in that. Like if you're really, really that hungry and you're trying, Mm -hmm. whether it's you're homeless and you're pushing a cart with aluminum cans or you're standing at the side of an intersection, like not just with a sign, you know, like, cause anybody can do that, but a bucket with water and a squeegee you stole from the fuel station, whatever it is, you're trying to earn your money. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, People will help you. And that's what, you know, I was trying to teach them is like, that was, I think there was like a $300 food order that they went home with off that show. And okay. it was, a, uh, it was an Uber. It was an Uber eats that nobody picked up and it was oh, filet mignon and $300 worth of food. And they're like, Oh, we got to dump it. You know? So it was hmm. covered with some stuff and everything, but it wasn't contaminated. And right, if you were right. really, really hungry or you're like, I have, a family and not like if you said to a restaurant, can I clean up the back alleyway for you every night? Can I right, bring my you. own broom mm-hmm. and mop or scrub stuff for you? And then would you just if there's any Uber Eats thing, could you shoot me a text or just leave a little, you know, somebody would help you out. And that's the lesson of it. Like, so appreciate stuff. And the biggest thing that people ask me, um, Derek, is what's the biggest money saving tip? And I'm like, if if you're going to eat out, like take home your leftovers and most men will not do it out of pride. They're like, ah, I don't do that. Yeah. And I'm like, well, then you're wasting a lot of money mm. and resources that there's somebody else out there that would go crazy for. So it's, I, I don't understand why I mean, when I go out to eat, I'm like, yo, let me get another plate. Cause I'm going to eat this shit tomorrow. It's delicious. Exactly. And I'm always constantly, I, cause the thing is, this time my kids are spoiled little pricks and and I, I I buy them whatever they want, all sorts of food, and they don't realize that they're hungry people out there. They also don't understand how to earn a buck and save a buck. It's not it's not what you make, it's what you save. So there's days, and we have a 24-hour rule in my house. I'm like, listen, that shit's in the fridge and you don't touch it. It's fair game to anybody. That's it. We're oh, wow. in there. Yeah. I'm like, that's it. Because they, they they don't want to eat leftovers either. They're like, eh. I'm too good for that. Cook something fresh. I'm like, fuck you. You got like Tostino's pizzas. Go eat that shit. And then I got the good shit from yesterday. But I, I'm, you know, I, I watched the show. And the reason why I said that was because, um, like I said, I, I've done some reality stuff in the past. And I know that when you're dealing with people who aren't camera ready, um, you know, you, you just jump in. A family's like, hey, yeah, I, I'd love to be on the show and I'll do it. And then you start recording like, oh, my God, these people are not working. Then, you know, nobody's going to watch the show. These people are not ready. Um, what can we do? What can we do? Uh, Goldie, see if you can get them to eat some shit out the dumpster. Like, all right, I'll be right back. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I'm wondering, if, but you legit have a story as to what happened to you. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that I'm wondering now is the work, because I know I would have done this as a rib right. is like, all right, I, when you came, I knew the punchline already. When you came with the compost, you're like, yo, you're holding my shit in your hand, like mixing my shit up. But that's Goldie shit right there. But then you got them to shit outside. And that's a hysterical thing because I would have been like, I would have put money up to like Goldie. See if you get them to shit in the box. You got them because the next day they're looking for Junior and you're like, where's Junior at? We got to, we need to start rolling. Like, yo, Junior's outside shitting in the box. Yeah, legit (laughs) shoot. Legit shoot. He wanted to prove to everybody that he'd do it. And it's, and again, it's, it's sort of like, is it that bad to crap in a box? You know what I mean? Like, you do mm-hmm. that and then you realize it's really not that bad to compost, just regular compost. Right. And then if you compost, you realize ah, it's really not that bad to have a garden. Uh-huh. And if you don't want to have the garden, then you realize ah, it's really not that bad to eat everything in my refrigerator and my freezer. Do you see where I'm going? It's like no, a backward psychology approach. Yeah. So you go to the extreme because people are like, oh, hell no, I'm not going to do this or, you know, make even though there's a lot of people who do human composting. But, you know, all the heat that I got from all the haters post show, you know, they're just like, you're sick. And you're I'm like, you can't. I'm like, did you even go research? Like there's like a whole, you know, Hugh, Hugh Poo manure handbook of how to do this. First off, when you shit in a box, it composts oh. for a year to two years. You're what? talking about 24 months of a breakdown before you even go near that stuff to use it as fertilizer. One so if you're. If you're as ignorant to think that in freaking two years, whatever you've put mm-hmm. out there, unless it's like nuclear waste or something, fine, right. point made. But like people use cow manure all the time. And that, uh-huh. you know, again, it breaks down over time. And that's insanely nutrient nutrients in that, in that soil. Mm-hmm. Same with human. But it's like people just like 
thought I was out taking a dookie, dropping a brown, and then like maybe next week, like putting it on my vegetable. Like that's not again, because you're just so stupid, you know. And yeah, I enjoy yeah. like today, right before the show. Uh, some of the most hellacious. I even posted one on Twitter. I'm like, if your Monday is bad, check out this. It's just like it's such pure uh-huh. hate, and I and I just die laughing because I'm a heel at heart. And I'm like, I, I got to you that bad that you felt the need to look my handle up and just shit on me with hate. Mm. Like I play yeah. a hate us ball. Hate, hate, hate. Just so good. Listen, you know, I, I got drunk one time and I shit in an umbrella. So I'm not one to judge. I, I know what it's like. You use it for compost. Me, I use it as a prank to put on a payphone. But that's another story for another time. But that's a bad one. <laughs> But you say you're a heel. And the first thing you did, first of all, I don't I don't know how you how well you got along with the family off off camera, because the husband didn't look like he was having that. shit. He was like, look, my wife went on the website. She signed us up. I didn't co-sign this. You come in. Hey, Goldie's here. You kick in the door like, yo, you the husband. I need um, I need last year's uh, W2 and two recent pay stubs. We're going to break down your budget right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which was terrifying for me. Like, you really have to have. When I was driving to South Carolina, like you just and you can't tell anybody what you're doing uh-huh. and my family, my friends, nobody knows where I'm going. Uh, we do have a Patreon, which I will plug right now. Okay. Patreon.com slash Goldie with a Y locks. Mm-hmm. So the patrons were the only people that were like, hey, I'm going to do something. Hey, I'm really nervous. Hey, I'm really scared. And like you literally have to just like and they're spending like there's a shit ton of people on that set, mm-hmm. you know, and this is for real. And you better just bring your A game and walk in there. And then they want me to balance like budgets and things, which is not necessarily my strong point, but they're like making me do math in my head. And I finally just had to like pull out my calculator on my phone. But I mean, it's terrifying where you just have to put yourself in a mental place. Like I'm the authority and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to make these people do what it is that I tell them to do, which is really scary. Yeah, it was nuts because you went in there like, all right, you see this? This cost you X amount of dollars. You don't do that no more. By the way, give me your credit card, chop, chop. And I'm like, what the fuck? Is I'm like, yeah, but did you, see, <laughs> did you see your face? Yeah. Yo, and, and then she's buying shit on the sneak behind your back. Like, I, you look like you want to beat her with the Amazon box. I was like, Dude. well, there was a couple of scenes I might have, but they didn't include those. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, what's what's TLC's feedback? They saw that. I mean, obviously, the response has been big on social media. They've got to see what's going on. What, what do we have to do as fans of Goldilocks and of the show right now in order to get more episodes? I, you know, like I said, it's so simple. Just on Twitter, Twitter is a day by day type of post. So mm-hmm. they're going to be posting it all the time. Just go to eight two and look for anything right around there and just put, I want more, or this was funny, or this was effed up or whatever, whatever you want to say. You can say, this is just absolutely stupid. You can say anything. It's just engagement. Instagram, I felt really bad because the only thing they posted on Instagram was of the Stapleton family. So right around eight, two on Instagram, it's painting her in a horrible light. So she's Mm -hmm. getting all the heat on that. There isn't anything about me mentioned on there and it's just heat, heat, heat on her. So for a while, I was encouraging people to go on Instagram and find that post and just say something because you made a really good point. These people aren't used to all this stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm used to people wishing death and cancer and that I today somebody told me I should take myself out and kill myself. I was like, well, that's nice that I got on an Instagram and decided to answer a few things. And you're telling me to commit suicide. They're like, well, it's not like suicide. It's just if you blew your brains out, I'm like, oh, okay. well, you have a different you know, that's suicide to me. But, you know, have a nice day and peace be with you. And I hope. Like I'm just used to it. I'm like, what kind of what kind of freak gets on here and like finds a stranger and like just wishes death on them? Like I literally feel I feel sorry for people. Like it doesn't affect me at all. Like I'll answer a couple of them out of humor and then I'm done. Then I'm like, all right, you're you're a sick mother trucker and you know you're you're probably close to dying mm-hmm. yourself. So I just you know bop off of there. But you know anything that you can see on a TLC page with me or the show. Just say something funny or say I eat lettuce or say something dirty. Like, here's your chance to literally say anything. I think it's hysterical. I'll f- and here's the beauty of it. I have combed so much social media for two weeks before seeing what people are doing and giving away like all my extra bonuses, tip money stuff is all been cash app, Venmo or PayPal to people or even I gave cash at a show to somebody who won gift cards like Whatever it is, like, it's just fun. It's fun for me to see who gives a shit and who engages like and I 
know the show will be popular in the future. And I can't wait to be at a level where, you know, like an, like an Oprah level of giving away or an Ellen level of giving away where people find out sponsors find out, like she likes to give away stuff and like hook me up. Like some of the restaurants we play at, they gave us one restaurant, gave us $5,000 worth of gift cards to give away. That's a lot of gift cards, you know? And I mean, I don't say what restaurant it was, but it was a GM of a very popular restaurant Mm -hmm. who is leaving and didn't give to so oh, well, good. Just, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's like, I'm going to have nothing to do with this company anymore. Mm-hmm. These are going to expire. You didn't get them from me. And I met him four hours away in a parking lot. And he gave me all of this stuff. <laughs> and that's a shoot. You're like, what are you, you going to fire me? I'm fucking leaving. What are you going to fire me? I'm done. I'm retired. I leave on mm-hmm. a high note. These are going to expire in a month. And literally, yeah. I've been going around finding people that are homeless saying, oh, would you like a nice steak dinner? Mm-hmm. And it was, man, a pretty freaking cool responses right, on that. Right. Which is funny. If you give them out to all homeless people, then next time their customers going to be just itchy and scratchy. Like, yeah, yo, let me, let me get the T-bone over there. Yeah, we good. <laughs> you know what? I've gone, I've gone with some of the people because uh-huh. I know that they wouldn't serve them. And um, one that of the was- best stories that I have from the past and doing that is one guy was kind of tweaking out, but he was tweaking out in the distance because he um he couldn't read the the door it was they they didn't say men and women's bathroom they had a more clever way of putting it and he didn't know where to go and that, you know and again see you right. don't know what you're dealing with you don't know what to be appreciative of or and then he kept just telling me what well, you order for me and i'm like well no you can have anything <laughs> you want like and he, no 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 yeah. you order for me and i'm like okay mm-hmm read the menu you tell me what you want and then uh-huh. when i found out he can't read oh man that's but you know but you're out there doing the lord's work you i mean and i'm, I'm not even a religious person but the fact that you're like listen i'm over here trying to try and, and especially in, in this time of covid this time oh dude bro this i don't want to hear about yeah. covid was a good time for me i got two no, stories no. today no uh-huh. bull bull two stories bullshit like we came back from uh, out of town this weekend. We mm-hmm. had a good weekend. Some guys were making it rain all over the stage. We had more tip money than we ever had, uh-huh. which would get split up and then used for band stuff. Okay. Uh, despite what people may think from watching shows, right. I'm actually quite generous. So as we pull in tired as just shot from driving mm-hmm. all night long and then dropping other band members off. And we finally pull into where another guy parked at the studio some ratty minivan is blocking us so we can't get in and nobody's in it. I'm like, oh, hell no. I mean, I was just like yeah. first instant, just maddish. And then my bandmate gets out and he's like puffing it up and like, where is? And then here comes this precious man j- just gone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'll move it. I'll move it. I ran out of gas. I ran out of gas. And I'm just like, and he, I just pulled in off the road. And right before that, when we were getting off the interstate, I saw a bunch of people pushing a cart. And I said to my bandmate, I wonder he was rattling about strip clubs or something. Shut up, making it rain. I just shut up, shut up. And I was just like, we're at a stoplight. I'm like, I wonder if these people need something because they look like they were trying. Right. And then there was a hotel nearby and it looked like they were just carrying their shit. So he's like, no, I think they're good. And I said, because every time we get an abundance I like to, whatever we can afford, mm-hmm. I like to give something to somebody who really needs it, not just an organization right. here or this. I mean, you can see out of your own mm-hmm. freaking eyes who needs it. So anyway, I just said, hey, bro, I just feel like there's something that we need to do today. Okay. 15 minutes later, we pull up on the studio and here's this, and we're mad and we're angry. And that's our mm-hmm. first thing. It's just, how could you inconvenience me? And I'm tired. And you don't know who we are and I can't get to my house and blah, 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 blah. Here comes this guy out of his mind you know, tweaking out of his mind, out of, out of gas. And we're like, you know, he's like, you got to, I'll move it. I'll move it. And we were hard on him. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I can't, I can't move it. I don't have any gas. And like, and he just sat in his car, just, just defeated. And he's just mm-hmm. like, and I'm just like, and then I'm like, all right, buzz. And I just said, Hey, and he's like, just, just leave me alone ladies. And he just cut this huge promo. And I just looked at him and I grabbed him by the face and I just said, give me a hug. Mm-hmm. And here's this grown ass man melting in my arms, sobbing. And he's like, I need a new fucking life. I need a new fucking life. I want to die. I want to die. And I'm just like, all right, let's, what can we do? What can we do today to help you? What do you, what do you need? Well, he just got out of prison. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. While he was in prison, both his mom and dad were shot. His fiance won't have anything to do with them as of that day. No gas, no, the work that he's supposed to do. It's rain. It was just a complete disaster. Mm -hmm. So needless to say, fill up his car, get him a few things to wear at the local store nearby. You know what he wanted to do? Guess, guess what he wanted to do before we were all done. Not a strip club. Pray, pray, pray. Would you guys pray with me? Of all the things. Of all the things. And then as he starts his car, which I'm like, bro, just mm -hmm. get this stolen shit off my property. He's like, it's not yeah. stolen, ma'am. I'm like, you're starting it with a flathead screwdriver. It's just get your right. car and get your. And he just was like, will you pray with me? You know, and I'm like, we sat there and his little hand, I grabbed his hand. It was just like, you could just feel him like, a, <laughs> like the trembling. And it's yeah, like, yeah. people have shit going on. Take it. And then the course, the van light was on, mm -hmm. went to bring it into the the guys closing his thing for diesel repair because he tried to commit suicide like three months ago. I mean, everybody is just like, yeah. yeah. And then this is what I'm saying, though, is that in a time of uncertainty with COVID, here you are, an artist yourself who's like, fuck, everything's shut down. Where am I going to perform? How am I going to make my oh, money? It was brutal. It was I know. It was but then whatever you make, your tips, your, you, you know, your. Your, your feet, whatever the case is, you're giving it away to others. When you need it yourself and your band mates need it, you're like, you know what? I'm, I, 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 can, I can make more. I, I have no, you can I've make more. Listening. You can make more. And the bandmates all got their cut. And that was mm -hmm. my cut. And one offered to kick in. And I'm like, no, that's my cut. And I'm fine. I'm fine this month. Like, it's getting better. We're out mm -hmm. there playing. It's just there's always somebody that's got it. Like, and I don't say this to grandstand or like, look at me. I don't talk about this shit. We're mm -hmm. just it just happened to happen like yeah, in the yeah. middle of the night. It's just there's always somebody that has it worse than you. Mm -hmm. And when you really think things are shitty, somebody's got it really. I mean, basically, that guy was just wishing to die. Yeah. You know, mean, and, and, and what do you say to somebody? They don't have yeah. it. They don't they don't have freaking anything. He's driving around in some stolen. You should have seen the, the minivan. Mm -hmm. No windows in the yeah, mother trucker. Yeah. He's starting it with a flathead screwdriver. Mm -hmm. It was the most ratty, disgusting smelling thing. He's sleeping in it. And I'm like, and I'm complaining about what? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I say, listen, I, and I would never bring this up because I don't, I'm not like you. I'm not that person looking for a pat on my back. Yeah. I went, out, I went out with my family the other day, me and my wife, we go out to eat and sitting right next to us is a family there. Three beautiful little kids. Mom has cancer. You know, she has cancer because she's pale. She's got the wrap yeah. on her head and dad's there. And the kid, the little kid is there putting on, um, you know, she's dipping her French fries in, into the ketchup and putting on like the lips. She's like, mommy, mommy, look, but mommy's worn out. Chemo's kicking in. She's doing bad. And daddy's there playing patty cake and trying to, and I'm just like, it's breaking my heart. Cause I'm like, yeah, you know, she's over here trying to strengthen up to, to, to even be outdoors. Daddy may one day have to be like, yo, I'm going to be a single dad with all these kids. I just got up, went to the, to the, their, their waiter. I was like, listen, Give me their bill. Like, I want to please keep it anonymous. I just I want to do something for somebody. Yeah. And, and, and they didn't need to know about it. They, they nope. never found out about it. It was just a matter of one day somebody did something good to to, to make you feel better or, or, or to take that weight of the world off your shoulders because, you know, the, the world's just crashing down on you. You don't know when that father is going to be like, hey, listen, mom's not going to make it. It's just us now. Like, it broke my heart. I just want to do something nice for somebody. So for you to go out there. Like I said, especially in a time of uncertainty with everything that's going on in the world now and giving up your portion to make somebody else's days better, to, to just to put a little hope in their heart. Yo, shout out to you, Goldie. I mean, that, that's hey, what makes the, you. You guys know, I appreciate that. But if everybody listening, like every month, if everybody could just do one thing, even if it's five mm -hmm. bucks, I've got like there's a wrestling person that's out there that said, would you come on my podcast and can I like sell $10 questions because a friend of mine who's a heel mm -hmm. who he couldn't post it. He made a GoFundMe for his mom. Who's oh. not even that mm -hmm. they're not even asking for that much. It's like, they've got like maybe $2,500 left to raise for a GoFundMe. And, and it's for making her apartment handicapped. This access, I can never say that word accessible, accessible. Uh -huh. and it, they're asking for four grand. You know, that's right. That processes as, Oh, ramp here and handles here and like that's nothing and they don't have it and he's like will you help me and i just went on and i just said you guys can you just give can we all give five dollars like mm -hmm. if, if you've never done a gofundme before if you've never done a this or that like just look for somebody even in your community or somebody that i don't i get irked with the sign holders that look like they're in better shape than me like yeah 
they were like, and I'm like, you got a nice shave and your hair is good and you got a manicure. And like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not trying to judge, but like I go looking for the ones pushing the carts like under the bridges right. or the people that are not out asking for anything. And then just very quietly yep. approach with like, hey, are you good today? Because I got a little extra. I, I kind of don't ask them. I just sort of say, are you good? Or is there anything you need? And then they can kind of just see where they're at and then just be like, Hey, you know, I had a good night last night. You know, I just appreciate you too. And then get the out of there. Like don't camp out. Don't Mm -hmm. just get out. And same thing with the grocery store. I'll say, I got a little extra on my credit card, no cash. If you want to come in, you got 50 bucks to go buy whatever you want or 30 bucks or 10 bucks or five bucks or whatever. Every time we do this on tour, Mm -hmm. it's like, you can just see them like, like they don't want to go over. Yeah, I've yeah. never in my life of giving people free groceries right. had anybody come up there with like all this extra shit. The best story ever was in Biloxi, Mississippi. They had it down to like 29 cents under under thing. And then when I got up there, I was like, oh, well, right. I really like that's my favorite kind of. The, oh, well, here. And like they were going to I'm like, no, 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 no. You, keep <laughs> you know, it. Like, I got I'm good. <laughs> they were ready to give right. me like half of their whatever it was, you know, yeah, and I'm man. like, no, like. People are good. People are good. And whatever the media with all the bullshit that's going on, Mm -hmm. I don't care whether you vaccinated or not or masked or not, like all this has a very serious hidden agenda. And if you don't know that you need to wake fuck up seriously. Mm -hmm. And people do not hate each other as much as we are forced to believe. And people are not as bad as we are forced to believe. Like there's a lot of really good out there, but far be it for any news coverage to cover that you know mm-hmm. far be it for any yeah. network to like talk about how great there are a lot of people out there a there's lot no of ratings and there's no profit in good news no there isn't any profit in good news yeah it, it sucks man and and, and speaking of, not, not to, i mean you touched on this before but you are a mental health advocate you are a motivational speaker you've got two great songs out there all to you which deals with suicide prevention wow and black the pro jam cover that um, you know, about child abuse, uh, child abuse awareness. Heat. And um, what's that? The heat, the heat. Yeah, the publicist, man. the publicist that I was working with said, put out a picture that you have where you got beat. And I did. And it was like within a week, it had over a million imprints on it. It was this horrible picture of a big black eye. And and man, the heat that I got and the people that said they will never support me again, they will never talk to me again. They all I did is put out a picture of me beaten with nothing. I didn't say anything. And everybody freaked the F out with their own interpretation of, oh, you're a man hater. How dare you? And this guy that I remember I dated one time, he like mm-hmm. found me on Facebook. He's like, it's people like you, you piece of S and blah, blah, blah. It's people like you that got my kids taken away from me. I'm like. I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. I'm like, okay, little TMI, but I'm like, I didn't do anything but post a picture of me beaten. And then Uh you don't know if that's makeup. You don't know if it's real. You don't know if I really was beaten and saved the picture. You don't know if it's from wrestling where I might've gotten hit by, well, you don't know what it's from. I didn't say, but the, the funny and the beauty in that was when the black video came out, I was, I was the abuser. Mm -hmm. I was the heel in that video and it's ugly. And I was it's an ugly video. And why would you look so ugly in that video? Because there's nothing pretty about child abuse and child mm-hmm. abuse comes from all walks of life, abused children. And what people need to realize is anybody that's abusing a child was definitely abused themselves. Yeah. And you got to look at like where that's coming from. And that guy that we helped out yesterday morning, whenever it was, when we got back from tour, you know, as my dad, who's a probate parole officer, retired parole officer, he's like, you know, if you spend five minutes talking with these murderers, these rapists, pedophiles, sex offenders, like you will find out within five minutes what went wrong, mm-hmm. which is no support, no family structure, molestation, abuse. Yeah, you can't like be happy about their crime, but you have to understand that they're human beings that have nothing. They didn't have anybody. They don't have like your kids who are refusing leftovers. They didn't have shit. Mm-hmm. So start understanding where people are coming from. Stop canceling everybody out. Stop judging everybody and figure out what it is that you can do. Maybe you can't get involved, maybe, but maybe you can give a little bit of something extra to an organization that does, or maybe there's a parish in your community that does outreach to cancer. Like you were saying, or find something that you identify with it or drug abuse or 
you know, you support your local AA, whatever. There's so many things out yeah. there that, that might touch your heart that you can figure out. You know, I know people that don't have money or they can't adopt animals at shelters, mm-hmm. but they go give the animals a nice walk once a month. What's right. the hurt in that? Yeah, man, it's paying it forward. It, it, it's it's looking at yourself in the mirror and, and knowing that you're in a good place, but there are people out there that are suffering. So what can you do to make that change? To and it could be anything, anything, man, anything. It well, doesn't when, have to be money. When, when you put those songs out there, um, what was the initial response? Because clearly you're not doing it for profit. You're doing it. Oh, God, to make no. a statement. You're doing it to help others, to create that awareness. Because after every video, you've got the phone numbers where if you need help, if you've thought about suicide, if you know somebody who's been, there is help for you out there. What was that, that initial reaction and feedback that you got once, once those singles dropped? A lot of hate towards me. Um, YouTube even shut down the suicide one. And they just keep sending me these stupid messages that say it's not uh um, it's not what for, uh, viewable appropriate. It's not appropriate for people to see or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of mixed emotion, the, the black, the child abuse one, just because of the promo that we did beforehand was com- complete hate towards me. Some people got it. They're like, okay, I see. I'm like, yeah, I'm showing you that like a chick can be an abuser and I'm an uh-huh. abuser and I'm the, the bad guy in this particular instance. Um, some of the things that were really cool was where parents said, um, my kid watched it and asked questions and we talked, we had a conversation, sure. we had the best conversation that we could. The suicide one, um, I ended up editing that, which I wasn't originally planned to have me edit it, but the person bagged out because of COVID and it just, I was like, give it to me, I'll edit it. And like, so it was nine months of shooting all to you. Um, with, you know, Chris Henderson from three doors down and uh-huh. going out to his house, um, his wife being a part of it. Uh, it was Bobby Caps from 38 Special Rock Group, you know, f- flew in and we had to do it around his schedule and his tour bus and all of his people and getting somebody to play his daughter and uh, Tupac Shakur's cousin came to town, got him to come in. It was B.B. King's daughter who came in, you know, the Blues Queen, uh, so many people, so many James Storm you know, came in and played yeah, yeah. like literally the part of a modern day Jesus, Alan Funk, Chase Stevens, all these like superstars came mm-hmm. in to do this. And it was really, really hard to film it all. And then I'm sitting there with like just piles of piles of footage of nine months worth of footage for me to figure out mm, the best job that I could you had to chop it yourself. You're saying. I chopped it all myself. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that was like really you know, and then watching somebody kill themselves over and over and over, like it took its toll. Like I literally, and then when I was all done, I was like, this is a really beautiful. And then some people like, Oh, this sucks. This is cheesy. This is what the, what have you done during COVID? Other than yeah, right. your ass, you know, what have you done? You show me what you've done and then we'll compare notes and I'll applaud you. Oh, wait, you've done nothing. Okay. Right, right. So yeah. But now, you know, we've had like 13 people reach out and say, I was just looking up suicide and how mm-hmm. to do myself in and, found this video and it's all the comments that people have left. People have yeah. left beauty. It's like a guest book, like a, an obituary, but not of right. comments about stick around, stay, you can do this. And like thir- 12, 13 people over the last year have said, I saw this and, and, and I read some comments that made me think about it twice. So mm-hmm. there you go. You know, hate, hate, hate for me, but I don't, I don't, what, what do I care? I've been in wrestling. Yeah, man. Well, well, let's, let's talk about your actual rock star career, man. Because I mean, you've opened up for acts like pink puddle of mud, three doors down and Nickelback. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, I want to see some more of the Goldilocks rocks band out there. We do too, man. And, 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 you know, doing some original joints, man. I love your music and you're so passionate when you go out there, there's people out there that they, you know, they're like, yeah, man, just fucking pay me all day long, all day long. You out there. I mean, you interact with the crowd. You want to be a part of the people. You want to tell a story. A lot of your stuff is cover stuff, but when you sing it, you sing it differently than the person who originally sung it. And I'm like, Holy shit. Why does she have like this monster record deal right now? What's going on with, with your band and your career in, in the rock in the rock world? That one of the groups. Thanks for asking that. You're you so have done your homework, and I really, really, really appreciate that. Like you have no idea. Um, so we we're not a Christian band at all. Like obviously, mm-hmm. listen to my mouth, like and what we do and crazy <laughs> stuff. But we always like to do some songs that um you know applaud or give a shout out to the big guy. So all to you was released on a Christian label and it was nominated for a dove award. And I love singing that song at the end of the night when everybody's just like trashed and done, it's like slipping a little something about God and um, a little bit of hope. We've got a new song that's going on a movie soundtrack that's coming up that I'm actually going to be in. Um, 
I had somebody playing the opposite part of me, but I think that they took another uh, movie right now. So it'll be another person that you all know very, very well. Uh, in I believe in the wrestling community, I won't jinx it, but we'll see uh, if he ends up playing the opposite of me. But it's a really passionate role of uh, a drug addict and somebody who they go at each other and they're gonna basically kill each other. It's really brutal fight scene. That's why I wanted one of my boys to play the opposite so we could get a really good fight scene going. Mm -hmm. And then I'm writing this one of the songs on the soundtrack and that will be uh, it. I made sure that it mentioned God and it was about God and it's so freaking badass and it's traditional. It's not country, but it's like bluegrassy uh, classic type of stuff. Mm -hmm. We got um, we got the Brenda Lee Opry like there's the, the Opry land opry the good old opry in nashville we got the mm-hmm. brenda lee singers to do backgrounds on it i got the backgrounds back last night now i could have done the backgrounds but i'm like i want some old dolls right on this to make this like legit Authentic. and like i literally was in t- and i like called my boys up at like one in the morning I'm like get on you got to hear this like and they're like oh my god so you know it's totally not i like a challenge of like can you mm-hmm. do this this is something completely off my scale grid out of my wheelhouse. And it's, mm-hmm. I think it's, so they're going to, they're going to uh, submit that whole album for a dove and a Grammy. And there's just something in my heart that says like, and the cool thing about the song was really, I'll even cry if I even, if I don't just breeze past it. But one of my guys in the band said, I'm going to dedicate this song to that kid that, you know, we met the other day that was starting his car up mm-hmm. with the, with the screwdrivers. Like, cause the name of the song is just about being screwed up and, it's basically saying like, I am a complete F up mm-hmm. in my life, but I started out good and I mean really, really well, but like yeah. shit just hit the fan and like, right. boy, am I destructive and I am a mess, but you know what? At the end of the day, no matter what God made me and I'm okay. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's a really good song. I cannot wait. And I'd love to come back on when that's out and like, Absolutely. just talk about it because it's yeah. like, it's a frick, but it's not like rock or anything like that. And mm-hmm. I don't think you should be so camped out on, I have to do this or I have to do that. Yeah. It's still music and it's good, but it's like, it's a, it's a soundtrack. It's different. Right. And I'm excited about that. We got more rock stuff coming out. We've got possibly a new bass player coming in from Brazil. Finally working with this guy remote for two and a half years during COVID. Okay. And, um, so we're doing a few more pop songs too. We're going to do some badass videos for that. Like just pimped out almost like rapper style video for one of them with like, just all these, like, Oh, all these dogs from like mm. the humane society. They're going to like, let us use like as many dogs as we can fit oh. in the scene. And it's going to be, oh, man. it's going to be sick. And then the dogs will get adopted and it'll be good. So is that, is that one of your charities as well? And one of your passions is the animal, humane society animal and the, yeah. the ASPCA and the SPCA. Okay. So we go and we take the dogs for a ride. We slate them. We sing our song. It's like a little music video. And then we tour the uh, animal shelters and literally talk about all these dogs that are for adoption and, and now cats. They want us to push the cats, but okay. like, don't if you if you cannot go to a breeder or to a store, mm. like go find some old pup or some old puss <laughs> whose time is running out and give them, you know, a good quality ending of their those old cats. I swear to God, those bastards, they they know and you can just tell an animal that's been rescued because they're just so excited to have a second chance. Yeah, you know, yeah. nothing like it. And mm. and if you can't go get an animal, like I said, go bathe them go right. every Visit saturday yeah. first saturday of the month or take them for a walk or mm-hmm. help help them out but there's all these precious animals out there and i always get these old pusses you know because i that's about <laughs> what i need an old puss you know the last one i had was 21 when she met the lord but she had a good life annie the sexual puss and she was a rescue cat annie so. the sexual wait, 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 why she's a sexual puss she's, you have to look up hashtag annie the sexual okay. puss look her she yeah. was the sexiest cat that she was okay. a persian and had no time for anybody she was like an ecstasy Dude. puss like she would just lay around like with her <laughs> junk hanging out like <laughs> Just like in the heat, like, you know, like a video girl, like she was just like, so, and then I would sing songs to her and she would Uh, literally look at me and get up and walk away. Like it's all Annie, like try a little Prince, try a little Lady Gaga. It didn't Rolling Stones. It did not Uh, matter. Like literally I would open my mouth and she would look at me and leave. Mm. And just like, you just see her ass walking out of frame. 
Oh, that's too sexy. She doesn't need to hear any music. She's too good. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, you mentioned before, um, and, and I had seen that. I know you're a Minnesota girl. Shout yeah. out to Prince, Purple Rain, yes. Park, big fan of the God. Um, but you had some experiences with Paisley Park and with Prince. Can you give us a little bit of? of yeah, you know, like? again, I, I met Prince digging out of his dumpster. So, you uh, know, out of his, I, out of the Paisley Park dumpster. You out of the Paisley Park dumpster. What kind of shit did Prince throw away? He threw away a lot of fabric. And that's what okay. I wanted oh. for my gimmicks because I made my own right. gimmicks. And then as a young kid riding their bike, breaking the rules, getting uh -huh. in there, I started to make clothes. I started to do graphic design and take photographs of all mm. of their artists and whatnot. And that's how I got my record deal was by making a lot of gimmicks for all the local Minneapolis artists, a lot of the wrestlers, a lot of wrestlers coming out of Minneapolis. Um, and later on, I would, you know, get my thing with TNA and make the gimmicks for all those boys and girls. I mean, I made everybody's gimmick in TNA. So no that's shit. how I got into music as far as like a big record deal was by digging in a dumpster. Oh, my God. You know, it's funny. I, I'm big. I love Michael Jackson, but I love Prince, too. They're, they're equal. Right Ooh, there. the rival. The Ooh, rival. Man, the 80s were hot back in the day. But recently, about a year right before COVID, um, Quest Love from the Roots actually did like this uh, this traveling tour where he did a bunch of unknown obscure Prince songs with really? a symphony orchestra, which is oh. phenomenal. So the first half, you know, I'm a big Prince fan, so they were doing like Christopher Tracy's Parade, and they were doing all this other shit from these from Sign of the Times that people a lot of people don't know about. You can see people getting an answered like I never heard Starfish and Coffee. What the fuck is what's going on here? Second half after intermission, they come back, they start doing the hits. They close out with Purple Rain. So, yes. you know, when Prince gets down with that solo, they all, out of respect, out of Prince, they had him on a big screen. The minute that solo comes on, everybody puts down the instrument and they walk away. Nobody could top it. I mean, it sent chills throughout my body. So I can only imagine what it's like being in his presence. Although I heard my dude was a little wild. He would like make music at four o'clock in the morning. Be like, yo, I want to buy a giraffe and dye yeah. his hair purple. So he would do his shit. And I'm like, oh, wow. Do you have any great print stories that nobody may, may have ever heard? They're not always the most positive. So I don't <laughs> tell them. That's cool. That's you know cool. what? I do have one. I, I do have one. Um, my stuff's all called the factory. Uh -huh. And um, one night I was working really, really late. And I had crap laid all over the studio that I was at, making little pieces of things. And he didn't talk to people that much. And it was really, it was like three o'clock in the morning. And I just saw him like look in and like real quietly, like look at everything. And he just looked at me and he goes, Hmm, you have a regular little factory here. And he walked away. <laughs> and that's why everything I have now is the factory, but mm, you have a regular little factory here. And that, and I just, and I was like, always oh, talking to me. Cause I hadn't really started like working on music or anything. And I never worked on music, like all the time with him, it would always be like right. some minion of his or somebody that uh -huh. he assigned to it. Uh, a lot of his uh, people from the new power generation worked with me, which was okay. great. Yeah. But the factory thing, like that's everything I have now is the factory by Goldilocks because of that. He never was like, yo, Goldie, you got to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. He never nah, did that. I, shit. <laughs> I was too young. No, and he he was dating like Carmen Electra and he had okay. Mai Tai. And yeah, right, he, right. Prince made it seem like he was a big player. And I'm sure he was. Yeah, but he was romantic. He, but he did like stick with one chick for like a long time. And like, I don't think he was cheating on them a lot because he was really mm -hmm. obsessive with them and controlling. Yeah. He was too busy, like figuring out like where they were at all times. And like, you must be dressed at all times. Mm -hmm. You There's no casual attire. Like you were always like, if you were an artist of his, you were made up. And, and even when I wasn't working with him, but I was working with like other people in that camp, mm -hmm. everything was just absolutely, you had to just be perfect at all, which was kind of mentally, there was a lot of mental stuff that went on Probably. back then. That was not good. It, you know, it could push you over the edge. So yeah, I hear you. a lot of stories <laughs> to tell. Well, let's talk before the wrestling fandom starts losing their fucking mind here. Cause we haven't talked about wrestling yet. Let oh, me throw yes. a couple of questions your way. Um, you know, you're very critical of your career um, in wrestling. It was a, it was a short lived career with, within TNA wrestling, but um, you, like I said, you've been your biggest critic, but you did say that that your podcast that you do on Vince Russo's brand is more like your redemption for your wrestling run. Why is that? 
I just didn't know what I was doing back then. I mean, you can sit there and say how bad I sucked. The more I look at the stuff from 20 years ago, I didn't suck. You suck for saying that somebody who had no idea what they were doing was supposed to be basically singing on the show with a little bit of backstage interviews. I, I never set out to be a manager. I never set out to be in the ring and do all of that stuff. And for somebody to learn all that stuff as they go along and not be a complete whore, like a lot of people were, I mean, I was, I, I've got my sins and things that I've messed up, but like, yeah. there was just a lot of really like funky stuff going on back behind stage that, you know, we, we can't really talk about all that stuff, but mm-hmm. I kept my, my P's and Q's and my, my wits about me. And I, a lot of those interviews, they're, they they paved the way for a lot of the backstage interviewing chicks. I, I had a different style and it was completely um, authentic to me. Like I was legitimately disturbed by these guys or like I wasn't afraid of any of them where everybody was either afraid of them because they were big and like they mm-hmm. didn't want to get their ass kicked or like they wanted to kiss ass. And I, I lived in Beverly Hills. I was flying in every every week. I didn't I didn't care. I didn't mm-hmm. care. I didn't give zero F's about what you thought about me. And it comes across on camera like that. And it's funny and it was entertaining and it's supposed to be sports entertainment. That's what TNA was. And it was the wild, wild west where everything and anything happened backstage. And a lot of that stuff is, you know, kayfabe and sacred because you can't get some people in trouble for certain things. There's a code of honor. And nowadays it's just like, there was no fucking Instagram back then. There wasn't Mm -hmm. Facebook and Twitter and like, now everybody that's a heel, they're not really a heel. And then they just have a double life and do whatever they need to do to get their fans and views and supporters. And it's just, it's not real. And it was really real back when we started. I mean, I was there the first day that impact started. I am the OGs with, when it comes to background, you know, interviewing, I was taking the photos. I was doing the graphics. Mm -hmm. I was making the gimmicks. Like people don't know all that stuff. And like I said, I can honestly say I paved the way for a lot of girls and now they just come out like some dumb bitch, like, oh, who be? It's just like, go do porn, honey. Just go do yeah. your thing. Like, you know, it's just not, I don't even believe you. Mm-hmm. You don't even look at the, you don't, you're just reading lines like Vince, when Vince came to TNA, he just was basically, yeah, yeah, just go out there and just, you know, it's somewhat about this. Or, Right, Jeff, real, let me real. do my thing. They uh-huh. let me do. They let me do crazy rich girl gimmick. They the changing gimmicks to Japanese lady, Chinese lady, the Hispanic lady, all the mm. different characters that I played. You know, they didn't give two crap shits to the wind. What mm. I did, if, as long as I ran it by them, they're like, yeah, cool, just go try it. Yeah, you know, and there was a very authentic feel with your promos because it didn't seem it was like overly produced, overly ah. scripted. Whereas the chicks now, it's just like, oh, I, let me make sure I don't forget my line and and plug the pay per view for this Sunday. And when, it's when I was not real, it, it's it just, just seemed there was so much substance to your character, which which is just mind boggling. And how you didn't continue in the wrestling business? Were there offers after TNA? Was there any uh, interest from WWE? Or no, WWE? and you know, I mean, I went out so badly because Abyss. It's you know well known that he got me fired for just lying and creating stories that mm-hmm. you know weren't there. And it's prominent in the wrestling business that Chris is insecure with stuff like. He's one, he's a big, huge giant. Who's, I mean, if you ask anybody, he's always worried about his spot. He's always worried about his job securities. I mean, he just went and said that I was going to say, I was going to sue the company if I took the bad black hole slam. And I, I didn't say that. I said, I'm opening for three doors down with the band in a couple of weeks and puddle of mud and nickelback. I don't mm-hmm. want to be paralyzed. Could I take a different bump? That's all I said, mm-hmm. Terry Taylor, would you show me how to do this the right way? And nobody gave me any help at all. I'll just be limp. Just I'm like, what's going to happen to me? I've never taken a bump before. Am I going to go over the top ring uh, rope? Are you going to throw me out of the ring? Am I going to land flat? Like I've got a degenerative pre uh, pre what do you call it? Pre uh, existing disease, a degenerative disc disease. Like what's going to happen to me? What do I do here? Like this isn't in my wheelhouse. And I just was asking questions and. And Abyss took that opportunity to just say she's going to sue the company if she gets it. And I'm like, that's not at all what I said. And it's documented in Jerry Jarrett's autobiography that I already had my chance to like completely sue the company for millions of dollars for some really shitty stuff that happened right off the get go. And instead, I went to the office and said, how, how can we what can we do with this? And they they fixed it for me. And I never said anything about it. And I never got my lawyer involved, even though my lawyer was the lawyer that was the head of the promotion Mm -hmm. and she was on her way out and would have taken that and ran for the Hills with that. Because what I had, the proof that I had of bad stuff, if I was going to sue the company, I would have done it then. Mm -hmm. I'm sure as hell not going to do it a year and a half, two years later when I've made friends with all these people, you know, 
that's just, you know, that's where people were getting their start. AJ Styles, CM Punk, like all these guys, they were having a really good shot. Like, I'm not going to just, oh, I'm going to sue the company if I take a bad bump. Like, that's just not even real. So I wish I would have gotten some offers. But you know what? God had other things for me in plan and in, in store. Who knows? Maybe I would have become a wrestler and died or gone down the wrong path or got involved in drugs. And I would never gotten involved with all that stuff. It's not me. But who knows? It didn't yeah, happen. Yeah. Other things happen. I love TV. I'm excited about the new show. If you've listened to any of this midnight, midnight hustle and enjoyed it or not enjoyed it, go find the TLC on corresponding platforms and tag me in it. Midnight hustle, leave a comment. Probably I'll show up and PayPal you some money for lunch or something like that. That's the worst that can happen is you get a free lunch or dinner out of the gimmick. Well, man, that's like I said, it's just a damn shame because the wrestling community supports you so much. Oh, I love them. Could have seen more of, of Goldilocks, and it's such a limited, um, such a limited reel of, of what you did. It was the early days, the asylum days of TNA, and it's unfortunate that after what what Abyss might have said to to the powers that be, that you became a liability to others. Like, oh, uh, not a liability. We don't I would love, shit. I would love to come back and like tell a backstory mm-hmm. of only like only I could of one of the people that either bring somebody back to impact wrestling or bring Abyss back. Let there be mm-hmm. complete. I'm not, we don't have heat anymore, but let us have heat, bring them, bring them back. Yeah. Let me tell the story of Abyss. Like, let me tell somebody's story. Like I would, because I'm so evil right now. I could be so evil and wear my black wig and yeah. <laughs> I would love to come back or I'd love to come to a, to a different promotion. Mm-hmm. I'd love to go to a different promotion and figure out a way to like, tell somebody's story. Like I'm so ready to do that. And I would, I would love to contractually. I can't do anything right now. Nothing. So please, please, no, please go blow up TLC. Cause I'm kind of in a weird spot. So if you're listening, go find a TLC thing and just say something funny, clever, something that doesn't sound like I paid you to go mm-hmm. leave a nice comment, but yeah, like I I'm looking forward to, to doing more of, um, the TLC shows, because it is such a passion to help people save money. You know, you pull from that wrestling career of being a heel or like I was just so instance irreverence towards Mm -hmm. all these legends. I didn't even know how half of them were, you know, I'm like interviewing like Terry Funk or Brett, you know, hard. I don't know who all these guys are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, no, it's, funny. It, it's crazy. And you, you know, you mentioned that that you could have had, you know, TNA by the balls. I guess it's documented in Jerry Jarrett's book. Have you considered doing um, a song or some sort of awareness about sexual harassment? Um, I did a really, really, really amazing one with an amazing video with. And the guy who wrote it and I helped out with it is like a senior editor of like one of the largest magazines like of all time. And and it's a very sexist magazine that he's the senior editor for. And we were going to run the story in there. And in the video, I'm nude. It's so Mm -hmm. badass, completely painted in white. And then somebody's doing stuff to me and it's, it's disturbing to watch. And it's like, I was so down to put that out. And then we parted ways because the guy that was managing me is complete evil and everybody calls him Satan or the devil. So I never, I never told the guy, the editor that he just keeps like wondering where his video is. And it's like, it's done. And I ended up editing it and it's so good. And the song was about sexual harassment and it was so good. And it's like, it just bums me out that that piece of work can't see the light of day, but you know, it's attached to too many people. Like, so maybe we'll do that one again someday, but it's so brutal. Like Mm -hmm. you'd watch it just because I look pretty good in it. But the only time I would ever do something, it's not like full on nude. The only time I would do something like that is if there's like a really good reason or a cause attached to it, that it's going to make some waves that, that somebody's helped from it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's where just posing nude and all that, that that ain't my thing, you know, to each his own, but Mm -hmm. it's been done, you know, but this was so cool. I really wish it. And you know what? I've had so many people reach out and say, will you make a statement or a comment about the, not me too, but the speaking out and wrestling. And I'm like, sure. no, cause I really don't, except for that one thing with TNA, like mm-hmm. no worker was ever inappropriate to me. No wrestler yeah, yeah. was ever sexually uh, abusive to me or explicit. Mm-hmm. Like they, those guys treated me as they do now to this day, like royalty. 
Yeah. They treated me so good. All those guys. Yeah. All of them. You mentioned the Me Too movement, and believe me, I, I support anybody who's who's been abused or or, or harassed or, or or put in a position where, where where you know just sexual misconduct. But in wrestling, it, I'm not saying that that it's okay in wrestling, but in wrestling, these dudes party hard. There's groupies, there's rats, there's relationships behind the scenes. Were you able to keep away from that? Is that maybe one of the reasons why? Because you're so independent on who you are and, and so controlling and so positive and on who you are that maybe you don't fall in, into those pitfalls of, of the wrestling lifestyle. What did you think when, when, when you got into wrestling and you saw um, all of the activity going on? Yeah, it like it not for me. Um, mm-hmm. I granted I was no saint and did other things that weren't great. I, you know, I had relationships with people I was not supposed to. Um, well, you know, just people. We'll leave it okay. at that. Like, people. and you don't always know who's got somebody or who's not, or who's single or who's married. Or yeah. and in wrestling, everybody's single. Everybody's gonna get divorced like next week or mm-hmm. last week or whatever. Right. And like, you don't know stuff, and then you you it's sometimes you maybe in a little too deep before you know things but so i will go on record as saying i'm no angel i'm no saint i made my mistakes i realize what i've done and i won't be doing those again now when it comes to like the the rats and the partying and the bukkake and all the funky stuff that i've bukkake. seen in stairwater oh god I'm wait like, you saw really? a bukkake party oh just really funky stuff no. like, especially in florida like just bad bad <laughs> bad stuff that i've seen that i cannot unsee yeah. Um, was that at the alehouse bathroom, was it? <laughs> yeah, probably was at the alehouse bathroom. No, I was after the alehouse bathroom. Okay. Um, there, there were certain people, uh, CM Punk, um, Christopher Daniels, um, some of the Canadians that literally would party for a minute, make their connections, and then they would all go back to the hotel and either sleep out at the pool because you got mm. rid of your room or go to the gym. Yeah. You know, like a lot of those guys are just like, uh, this isn't for me. I'm going to go to the gym. Vince never went to anything who James or Jim Cornette always makes fun of because <clears throat> he just was like, there's my mom used to say there's really nothing going on good after midnight. Like, mm-hmm. and she's right. There just really isn't um, a lot of drugs, too much drinking. And I wish that people would actually hold people responsible for how much alcohol that they would consume while on the pills and painkillers and Coke. And because it's really hypocritical when you're partying with all these people. And then, you know, now it's like, you're a meme of, Oh, you got rest in peace. You know, you're 50 years old and you're dead. It's like, you've got wrestlers disease. Like, why don't you ever, like, if you love these people so much and you're Mm -hmm. such a fan and they're your brother, bro, if they're really your brother, then why didn't you say, you know what, probably cut it off tonight or let's lay out. Or how about we do something different tonight? Like we can still hang out, but like, just pretend you're doing blow or just pretend you're taking pills or pop some fucking certs and have that or tic tacs, you know, like, cause they're all dead. And then how good, how good are they to us to enjoy when everybody is dead by like they're 50 years old? It's, and then, Oh, I feel so bad. No, you don't. You're, you're a fake. You're a liar. You're a hypocrite. Man, yeah, no, Goldie, we can chop it up all day. So I'm going to, I'm going to start wrapping it up here, but before we do tell us a little bit about your podcast on Vince Russo's the brand. Goldie's Closet, just like yours, you know, trying to do sports entertainment, wrestling, uh, conspiracy theories, uh, entertainment, singers, whatever. Some, If there's something that we can have on there and somebody's got something to promote because most of these guests are not paid, Mm -hmm. um, they are volunteering their time. Something that you can learn or take away. I've got a lot of specialists, doctors, sex, sex wellness doctors come on and talk about taboo things that, you know, maybe listening, it could help you and your wife's relationship, or maybe for listening, it would help you pee better or take mm-hmm. a proper dump or your sex life is improved. I just try to cover things that are interesting. We did cryptocurrency a while ago. Some people don't even know what Bitcoin is. They don't know what cryptocurrency is. They don't know what Cardano is or Algorand or whatever. You know, we just want to educate people with stuff that's positive. I don't really do a lot of negative stuff on my show. And, um, you know, there's plenty of shows on Vince's brand that are funny or castrating the marks or, you know, they're heel kind of shows. And mine's just all really positive. Uh, I cut some promos on people and that's it. It's Russo's brand.com. And 
It's super cheap, just like yours probably. So I love it. It's every week. I got to do it whether I want to or not. It's coming out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got good stuff and and you're so well-rounded. You cover so many topics. I mean, literally when I was doing my research on you, I was like, how many fucking websites does she have? I mean, you Uh were out there hustling, literally hustling. You got good stuff going on out there. Um, But make sure that you fans out there check out Goldilocks Rocks. Um, all of her websites, you'll find it. Make Goldie, tell them where we're at on social media. It's just the easiest place is Twitter, Instagram, Goldie with a Y, locks, rocks. And again, it looks like I'm all over the place, but I'm not. Everything I do is usually concentrated on doing my best to spread some joy and sunshine because I'm by nat- by nature a very pessimistic, dismal person like my father, who was a parole <laughs> officer. You know, I grew up in, with a dad coming home dealing with murderers, rapists, mm. pedophiles, and sex offenders. Imagine that. So I have to push myself to do content that helps rehabilitate me. And, you know, like we talked about, like I did not know what I was doing in in wrestling. So here's my chance to have these guests back on Goldie's Closet and really give them the props and the accolades that they deserve. Because I didn't even know what these guys, Crowbar from WCW, I didn't know what he did. You know, I just was like, here's some guy with long, oily hair and Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I had no idea what Kurt Hennig stood for or did. Oh. I, I didn't know all of these guys in Ricky Steamboat. Like, I didn't know what he contributed to the business. Mm-hmm. So here's my chance. There's a lot of redemption, a lot of people coming on the show where I can just say, I'm really sorry. I didn't know how great that you are. You know, <laughs> please accept my apology. And let's talk about what you're doing now. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, listen, I want to talk to you again. Like I said, you're a phenomenal guest. You're so well-versed. I mean, and, and, and you're, you're not afraid to just open up and speak your mind. And I think we need a lot more of that instead of all this powder puff beating around the, bo- the bush bullshit. Um, but Goldie, again, shout out to you for everything that you do, for all the people that you're helping out there, for everything that you stand for and the hard work you're putting in to not only your business, but in making people better so thank you again for joining us here today ladies and gentlemen this is diehard Derek. that is goldilocks this is the midnight hustle can you dig it we are out of here we're out of time and make sure that you follow us because if not you're not gonna know when she's coming back next we're out of here my people peace can you dig it <laughs> <laughs>